Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Talking Sense with Karen and Hayley. Today we're going to be talking about uh, fragrance creation in the sense of creating it in order for it to be right for a particular application. Um, and I'm going to let Hayley take the floor with this one because this is her zone of genius. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. <laughs> yes, so in the, in the previous two videos, I would suggest you, you maybe go back and, and, and watch um, those two. We've talked about how to create uh, fragrance from scratch, basically. So the first one talks about the technical aspect and what things you need to know about the raw materials and how you how the structure of those raw materials will impact the 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 performance of the of the final perfume and then Karen talked about the the artistic side of it and the storytelling and how you combine those two elements to create a perfume in this video I'm going to talk about then taking that perfume that might smell good on a in a bottle on a shelf and then applying it into product because that is one particular beast to tackle. It's a very um, hefty challenge to actually create a perfume that smells good to begin with, but then when you've got the additional perspective of then adding it into a product at the end of the day, that is, a, that is a, another challenge that the perfumer needs to overcome. So typically what you would do is that the perfumer would design a, a perfume and they would get to the point where they're happy with it um, in an oil. They've got the hedonics right, they're happy with how it smells. Um, but then what they need to do is go and right, technically perform in the product, uh, the end product that they're going to do. So what they'll do is that they'll take a certain percentage of that fragrance and add it into the product. Um, and you would typically let it macerate for a few days here or there um, to let it really settle into the product um, and connect with the product. Um, and so you can get a, a perfect representation of what it would smell like because um, in the past, when I've done evaluations, there's sometimes, again, working in a corporate environment, people are always, now, 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 I want results now. Um, and we would always have a day or two to let um, the, uh, the finished perfume um, macerate into the finished product. I would mainly work with laundry detergents, so granule powders, and you would need that settling in period because if you evaluated it half an hour after putting it in and then evaluated it two days later the wood smell very different and what is more representative is the one that is further down in the timeline um, so what you would do is then you would then evaluate that product so there would be an evaluator which is someone like myself and then we would sit with the perfumer and evaluate together and decide if that perfume was representative in that product. So what I mean by that is when the perfumer is designing a fragrance, they've got a vision for that perfume based on the brand, the product it's going for, the, the variant name. So maybe Daz Spring Flowers, for example. They've got a vision in their mind of what they want it to smell like. And they've designed that in a bottle. It smells perfect in a bottle. Is it then showing itself properly in the product because sometimes that is not the case um, sometimes you will add a perfume into a product and it smells very different um, and it'll be the interactions of the, perf the perfume with the chemical makeup of the of the base product 
and a, a one that is really quite well known for distorting fragrances i would say fabric softeners um, if you've smelt a unfragranced fabric softener um, which there are some about if you go to the supermarket there's like ecover i think is one of the brands um, where they do have an unfragranced variant open it up and have a smell um, fabric softeners typically are very pungent they've got a lot of um I would say the the order that comes off is it can be quite sharp it can be quite fatty as well at the same time um and the the this distorts the the perceived fragrance that you get off so the perfume that you smell in the bottle over here the one that, that you then put into the product and smell on the product can be very very different um so what you need to then do is work with the perfumer get that evaluation right, make sure that you're able to, to pick out the notes that are displaying correctly, the ones that need to be maybe boosted a little bit more. And this is where it comes into play. Um, what about, Karen talked about two materials kind of holding hands together and dancing around. Because what you might do, for example, and I'm gonna use, um, let's use a dish product for an example. Um, a lot of people, one from our previous videos may think that you have a choice of um, if you've got one um, particular smell you're going for, say lemon, that you may just go, right, I'll either go for a natural lemon or I'll go for the synthetic lemon. You don't need to, you can use both of them at the same time. And the reason behind that is exactly what Karen said. A natural lemon is in the top note portion and it will flash off pretty quickly. Um, and they're not very, um, sturdy and residual in product formulations either so what you will need is something to hold the hand of that um, natural lemon to keep it down and to keep it in the product uh, to keep it on the damp fabrics for example if you're talking about laundry um, and what you would use there is a synthetic lemon um, so for example a material called citral and uh, lemon oil and citral are great at holding hands together and the citral will keep that lemon oil around a little bit longer so it's things like that that you just need to take into consideration and go right in this context we need to add a little bit more citral because the lemon oil has just completely disappeared um, and then you would go back to the drawing board the perfumer would uh, go back to the formulation and do tweaks based on the evaluations um, so that is the first portion of it and the second portion of it is how that performs over time because you can put it in a product and after two days it might smell pretty good you've done a good job you've done some tweaks but then what you need to bear in mind is that when you're talking about mass product goods um, and you've created a perfume for Pantene for example is that that perfume will get added into the product in the factory it will get mixed mixed up it will get then get bottled then those bottles will get distributed across um, uh, all the factories amongst the world to then be distributed distributed to the shops um, so by the time it gets to the shelf it's been already in the product for maybe one two weeks but then the shelf the, the shelf life of a product sometimes depending on the um the the country um and the um 
the usage rate in these different countries, you can get a bottle of shampoo that might have been on the shelf for six months or it might just stay there for a month. So what you need to know is that by the time that customer picks up the bottle off the shelf, that the smell that they um, detect when they open up the bottle and they're just about to wash their hair is the smell that you want them to smell, the smell that you originally designed and that was put into the product on day one. So you want it to stay stable over time. So that's another additional element that you're going to need to assess is that you'll sit down with the perfumer after you have aged this product. So you can do it both. You can do it two different ways. You can do an actual aged product where you just make it up and you leave it on a shelf for six months. But again, typically in a corporate environment, they want results yesterday. So um, you would have some uh, kind of rapid age testing where you will keep it in, a, in an oven and you will um, impose heat and uh, over a certain amount of time and or humidity. Um, and you would then take the product out and evaluate it um, over, uh, over time just to see how, how that impacts. So you need to make sure that there's an, if there's any particular ingredients that are being degraded over time or anything that is maybe sticking out that shouldn't because there could be some chemical reactions going on. Um, one of the biggest chemical reactions I kept seeing in, um, in laundry products was a shift-based reaction where you get um, certain materials such as like agrimea, norontiol, things like that. They would blend, they would uh, have a chemical interaction with uh, the laundry detergent powder and actually turn it yellow as well. So it might not necessarily be just the olfactive performance of it and it degrading over time. It can start to interact with the chemistry of the product as well. Um, so yeah, it can get it can get quite intensive, all of these evaluations, because you've designed the fragrance, you've done a wonderful job there, you're happy with it, it's spot on, it's 100% but then you might need to do all these technical tweaks based on A, does it cover um, the malodors and the product that you're putting it in? Does it still perform and smell as it should? Um, and then B, does it perform and consistently perform as it should over time versus the versus, um, other products um, that, that are in the market because what you don't want to have is your bottle of Pantene um, that you've designed, you come to open it after four months on the shelf and it just doesn't smell very nice and then you pick up a bottle of um, Dove uh, shampoo and actually they've done a cracking job and it smells fantastic so it's hugely important that you get that stability right because if a customer picks up a product that is unstable um, and that perfume hasn't performed well and it's just disappeared and it smells of nothing, um, the chance of them buying that product again can be very slim. So you need to make sure that you get it right um, before going to market. So it's quite a, quite a complex um, piece. And when you think about it as well, you've got all the different touch points to, to evaluate. I've missed that bit out. That's a huge portion of it. I've talked about getting it right at time zero in the product and getting it right at time six months in the product, but you've got that big bit in the middle where people um, have bought it, they've took it home, and you need to make sure that the performance of the, the perfume uh, is right. And again, let's use the context of a shampoo, that the perfume is smelling 
spot on when you're rubbing it into your hair then the day after can you smell it on your hair um, those are all the different touch points depending on the end product that you're using that it needs to perform at um, so it's not just the hedonics and the technical elements of the of the of the raw materials up front you've got to consider the hedonics and the technical elements of the perfume through all the time points right from time zero all the way to the to the life uh through the life cycle of the perfume up until it gets thrown in the bin um so it, it is quite a um an in-depth evaluation process um and as an evaluator it can get uh it can get <laughs> <You're gonna teleport. laughs> oh, Ted will answer that in a second. <laughs> oh, he's got it. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, as an evaluator that's evaluated thousands and thousands of products over time, it can be quite time-consuming and quite frustrating to do it. But it's super important because if you miss one point in that lifetime of a of a product, um, it it can it can significantly impact the consumer's perception of that um, of that product as a whole because if you mess up at one point they'll remember that bit and they'll not remember all the good bits and that's speaking from mm -hmm. experience that that does happen yeah you've got to be really thorough on the on the evaluation and design of it yes yeah you absolutely have yeah it's complicated um, so yeah, so if you've, um, we'll try to do that in a sequence of, of, of things. If you go back to um, two videos ago, uh, talk about the technical side, the last one about artistry, and then this one about the longevity of uh, performance and evaluation of it. Um, so there's a little bit of a cycle there, a little bit of a um, connect the, the dots between the, the three of them. Um, so I'd watch it as a series to get a fuller picture. Um, but if you've got any particular questions about this, um, I mean, this is the basically the main gist of perfumery as a whole that we've just snipped through um, in three videos. If you've got any particular questions about the development or creation of a perfume, just let us know. You can drop any comments or questions um, below in the video. Um, and if you could give us a like and subscribe, that would be really appreciated. Um, and we'll see you on the next video. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tony. Bye.